0: Welcome to Testing Code, a podcast about software development and software testing. So, Tell me what you think. Is it okay to have more than one assert statement in a test? I've seen articles that say no, you should never have more than one assert. I've also seen some test code made unreadable due to try, people trying to avoid having more than one assert. Where did this recommendation come from? What are the reasons? What are the downsides to both perspectives? That's what we're going to talk about today. Thank you to PyCharm for sponsoring this episode. This episode is sponsored by PyCharm. PyCharm saves me time. It's also fun. But the time-saving and it fitting naturally into my workflow is why I really love it. In previous episodes, I've talked about the awesome PyCharm support for PyTest, Git, virtual environments, handling multiple file types, and markdown and restructured text preview. Today let's talk about coverage. I lean on coverage analysis when adding, removing, and refactoring both code and tests to make sure I don't reduce my coverage. For me, I like using coverage analysis. It helps me. I'm already using I'm already used to running my tests my test code from PyCharm. One option PyCharm gives you is to run the same tests with coverage. And when it's done, PyCharm has added percentages of coverage next to all the file names. And in the editor window, there are color-coded lines in the gutter that show you what's covered in green and what's not in red. So cool, so easy, no tool switching. Thanks, PyCharm. Try this out yourself by going to testingcode.com PyCharm. That link will give you four months to try out PyCharm Pro and see if it's right for you. Don't wait. Save time now with PyCharm. Now back to tests. One assert per test. I've seen that advice in many automated test tutorials. It seems to, it seemed to creep up more, more and more with the growth of test-driven development and the proliferation of tutorials on how to write good unit tests. This kind of coincides with an unfortunate bit of history where the extreme programming and test-driven development people were talking about unit tests when they meant all automated tests because they were using frameworks with unit in the name, like JUnit, etc. Whether or not the advice holds for unit tests at all, uh, or even what a unit is, is not the topic of this conversation. I'm talking about automated tests, purposely not stating if they are unit or end-to-end or whatever. Regardless, the blanket advice of one assert per test does start with good intentions, but it is bad advice, I think mostly it's mostly because it's so easy to muck things up and try to when you try to stick to it that's why i don't think it's great but let's dig a little deeper and cover a few things that might explain why i both agree and disagree with this advice by the way i'm not the only one who disagrees i put out an a very unscientific survey on twitter last week Uh, i will link to it in the show notes i asked are multiple asserts checks okay in an automated test? The responses, 73% said yes, sure. 15% it said it was okay for higher-level tests. Only 10% said no, never. And uh, 2% said only in BDD, so behavior-driven development. I put that in there because behavior-driven development has, um, it regularly puts in the structure of uh, given, when, then, and there's like and statements, so you can test multiple things. Also, I'm going to link to a 2015 article from Bill Wake entitled Multiple Asserts Are OK." It's a good article that covers many of the reasons for multiple assertions and uses the phrase probe with multiple assertions for a set of assertions about aspects of an outcome, which I like. Let's talk about what we like to have as a good structure for a test. The two most common structures promoted for test function structure are Arrange Act Assert and Given When Then. I teach people to put these words as comments in their test code to remind maintainers to keep the structure. Arrange Act Assert. The arrange part is where you set up your or retrieve data and put the system in a particular state or whatever. It's the part of the test that isn't what you're testing, but the getting ready to do something you are that you want to test part. The act is the action you're going to test. It might include capturing the output or return value or something. The assert part is where you check to see if the thing you did in the act part actually worked. This can be checking a return value or checking on the standard out or standard error or checking side effects, etc. Given when then. It's really the same thing. Given some state or data or whatever, When some action occurs, then some outcome, return value, or side effect occurs. The assert calls calls go in the then part. Cleanup. Oddly enough, even though the arrange and given sections are really set up, the teardown or cleanup after part is just kind of implied in these models. It happens after the assert or the then stage. I usually prefer to think about given when then because it fits my thinking better. But like I said, they are really the same thing and given when then Does not require you to use cucumber or BDD. It's just a way to arrange test functions. This structure is one way to keep our tests simple, expressive, easy to read, and easy to understand what we are testing. When we keep to one of these structures, you also want to keep the focus of the test really to really testing one thing. The act or win stage is usually just one function call. The name of the test should reflect this focus. Even though if the name is excessively long. The hope is that just seeing the name in the failing test list will tell you what's wrong with the code under test. I think this is really where the advice for one te- one assert per test comes from. Let's take a couple of example tests. If we let's say we've got uh, trying to test a set, and we've got a test that's test add element to set. That's that's what the test name is. Test uh, test add element to set. What if it fails? If it fails, what went wrong? I can't really tell from the test. Also, what was the state of the set beforehand? So let's be more specific. Let's break that test into two. First one is test add new element to set, and the second is test add duplicate element to set. Okay, that covers a couple possible states of the set before the add happens. What would you assert in those tests? Probably both the resulting size of the set and that it contains the new element. That's a that's two assert statements if we want to stick with one per test we could further split up the tests into maybe test add new element to set results in set size increase that's all a name here's another one test add new element to set results in element being in set and test add duplicate element to set results in no change to set so if we include the 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 expected state that we're Checking for in the name of the test, it kind of gets really long. And, well, it's possibly just a matter of preference, but I think that's going a bit too far. This brings up the notion of a test suite being such that a failure helps you diagnose what's wrong. I'm totally on board with that goal, but I think you can achieve that much with adding comments to an assert statement to to add specificity to the failure output. Test functions, modules, and suites are read a lot, and not just by the person who wrote the test. A test function that has one system state, one action, and one failure reason is simple and elegant, and that's nice, and that's one of the reasons why people advocate for a single assert. However, it's misleading if if you really need to test for lots of aspects of an action, and those are spread across many test functions. That actually makes your test suite harder to read. This also increases the code size and code maintenance burden. On the other hand, asserts stop the test, therefore hiding possible later failures. If you test for a set containing the element and and the increase or non-increase of set size, and the first assert fails, then you don't know what happens in the second assert. For test suites where failures are very rare and the tests are quick to run, this may not be a big deal. Fix the first assert, rerun the test, and keep going until all the asserts are passed. If you'd like to know the full picture of all aspects being tested, you have a few options, which we'll cover a bit later. But this, this quality of assert function stopping execution of tests leads to the problem with run-on tests. Another place where we see multiple asserts is with run-on tests, or some tests read like a procedural manual steps. For instance... Start with an empty set, add some stuff to it, making sure that each additional addition results in a set increasing in size and the items actually getting into the set correctly. Try to add some duplicate items to make sure that it doesn't do anything to the set. Take the items out of the set one at a time, making sure the set decreases in size, etc. Basically, it's a test with a structure of arrange, then act, then assert, then act, then assert, then act, then assert, maybe some more arrange, maybe some more act, maybe some more assert. This totally makes sense, actually, for manual tests, because you want to test as much as you can with as little time commitment to the tester as possible. But for computers, it's short-sighted and will drive you crazy in no time. If a test fails, why is it failing? You have to look at the specific assert and line number more closely to figure out what went wrong, and also mentally calculate what the system state was at the time of the failure and none of the checks after the failure were tested. Tests like this can happen with a hasty conversion of manual tests to automated tests or to people new to automated testing. But these kind of tests should be broken up as fast as possible. They are a liability. I do have one exception to this. I personally like to have very few act-like-a-customer tests that cover a ton of the system, possibly all of the system, in one or two tests. I then implement that test or one or two tests at multiple levels. Uh, for full web inter- interaction with Selenium or GUI automation, if if that's feasible, and then through API or subcutaneous testing. But only one or two of these. They are horrible to maintain, but actually make awesome smoke tests at, because they test a big chunk of the system. They tell you a lot when they pass, but unfortunately they are not very helpful when they fail. If one fails, and no other tests fail, however, That tells you that you're missing some more specific specific focused testing. Anyway, you can also just go with the the idea of never running those types of tests. You'll be fine with that too. Run-on tests will have asserts all over the place and are bad smell and should be avoided unless you are intentionally building a smoke test. The given or arranged portion sets the system into a known state. That's another place where asserts will come in into a test is after the setup. Let's take our set example. Given a set already contains A, B, and C, should I assert that A, B, and C are there and that the size is three? This is where fixtures are awesome. I recommend pushing the given or arranged portion into fixtures and asserting about the state there. In PyTest, an assert failure in a setup fixture will result in the test ending in a state of error instead of failure, helping you to pinpoint what's wrong. If you're using unit test, that doesn't help. So in that case, I recommend you raise an exception without using assert for a setup failure. Also, if you're using unit test, you should really consider switching to PyTest. Just saying, it's more fun. Let's talk about remedies. Let's say you have named all your tests well. You have either you you've either go with a given win then or a range act assert structure, and you're focusing each test on testing one specific bit of functionality. And you still have more than one assert per test. This is probably due to testing most multiple aspects of an action outcome. The change in state, the return value, the stream output, maybe multiple state changes. There are multiple aspects of the outcome that need to be tested. If one fails, you won't see the others and you want to. So if you're trying to get rid of multiple asserts, what do you do? There's a few different ways. One way is... Um, to use object equality instead of aspect equality. This is neat. Uh, Another one is to collect aspects into a structure and compare that with a pre-canned expected structure. This is okay too. One thing you can do is to push the action into a fixture or class setup and have multiple tests for it. So the test doesn't have the action anymore, it just has the assert part. This is dangerous, but not horrible. Another thing you can do is to have multiple tests with, that duplicate everything except for the assert. And I've actually seen this, and I think it's yucky and maintenance a maintenance nightmare, so don't do that. And the last thing is to use uh, non-blocking checks. PyTest Check is a plugin for PyTest that I wrote just for this reason. I personally like object equality and non-blocking checks the most. Object equality, let's talk about that a little bit. Let's take our set example. I'm adding. I've got A, B, and C in a set, and I add D to the set. I can also uh, construct with without using add, just construct a predefined set with A, B, and C and D in it, and assert that the my expected set is equal to my built-up set. That that'll be one assertion. You can do this with uh, non-object aspects as well by containing them all into a list or creating an a. And then creating an expected outcome list and compare against that. I really should write this up in a blog post too because it'd be easier to l- look, but hopefully you can visualize it. If I take a list and instead of asserting every time I get an output or t- something, I just collect it all into a into a list. And then I have um, a list of expected values and do an asserting against the two. I don't really like this a lot because it, it, I mean, it's not terrible, but it does uh complicate the test code a little bit. And again, we're trying to make the test code readable. So if I can comp- compare native objects, like do a pre-canned set and then compare against the built-up set, I'll do that. I don't really like creating the result list. That's just a personal preference though, and I think there's a lot of people that do like building up the uh, an assert outcome list. I've also used the method of pushing the action into the, f- into the fixture, but the danger there is that if the action raises an exception, it will it will be listed as an error instead of a failure. If you can live with that, go for it. It's a great, it's also a great use of classes in PyTest, I think. You can take, um, you can define a fixture, you can define a cl- test class, put the fixture right in the class, make it class scope, and then use it, use a bunch of tests around it that use that fixture. The downside of it is that it does involve more code and make it a bit more complex to understand. The, the last thing I like to use a lot is non-blocking check. A non-blocking check is great if you can use something like PyTest check or something else that does all the bookkeeping for you and it doesn't clutter up your test code. The downside is that you have an extra dependency and it also you also give up on some of the very nice assert syntax that PyTest allows you to, to use uh, for instance, uh, the PyTest Check plugin includes a bunch of functions like equal, not equal, is in, and stuff like that. It kind of looks, ends up looking a little like unit test code, but I can live with that. Because the upside is that that I, I can see all of all of the things I'm checking will, will get checked. The real thing I want to stress here is that is that one of my goals, really high up on the list, is that keeping the tests and the suite readable... Is really high up on my list. I don't like splitting up tests unnecessarily or creating extra structures that aren't obvious why they're there. For instance, let's say I've, I've I've taken I've gotten a test with a bunch of asserts and I split it up into a bunch of different tests. Well, each one of those tests might be very small and readable, but it doesn't it doesn't allude to all the other things that are getting tested. I think that actually makes it less readable. So, in conclusion. The advice to test one thing per test, to keep your test focused, that's great. That's great advice. If you have multiple certs due to run on tests or because you're really testing lots of things, that's bad. If you have multiple certs due to checking multiple aspects of the outcome, then it's really up to you if it's something you need to change or not. But don't chop up your tests so that they're unreadable and maintainable. For me personally, in a lot of my most of my open source and personal projects, I just live with multiple asserts per test. They for the when I'm checking multiple aspects, I think it's fine. But for a lot of things that I'm working with that are slower, slower tests or grabbing lots of data or testing lots of aspects, and it's really hard to understand what's wrong with just one of those failures. It would be easier to understand it with multiple failures. than I use Pytest check. Thanks again to Pycharm for sponsoring the show. Get the extended four months to play with PyCharm Pro at testandcode.com slash PyCharm. That link is also in the show notes at testandcode.com slash 65. As as well as I've got links to the article I referenced and also to the uh, PyTest Check plugin. Thank you to Patreon supporters. Really cannot express how cool it feels to have direct support from people like you. Even if you don't support the show directly, thank you for listening and for spreading the word about the show and for spreading the word about testing. I mean, we need to test more and do it well. Even if you don't agree with me, if you listen to the show, then you care about building quality software and about the importance of what we do. In that, we have more in common than not. That's all for now. Now go out and test something.